Hey everybody, my name is Abby and welcome to Meet My Monsters! Okay, so hi there, ho there, how are ya everybody? <laughs> it's me, I'm back. Back with a brand new rap and a brand new creature. Um, but yeah, guys, I am super stoked for this creature like I usually am for all of my damn creatures. I don't think there's ever going to be an episode where I'm like, eh, not really feeling it today. <laughs> then why would I be doing that? But anyways, yeah, so today, keeping in the theme of my birthday month, we are going to be doing yet another canine... <laughs> <laughs> canine cryptid and this one actually was brought to my attention by one of uh, somebody who I interact with on Instagram and uh, they told me about their favorite monster and I was like what okay that's pretty dope and I'm so freaking stoked that they did because this is actually such a freaking cool animal but anyways so today we're going to be doing the Beast of Bray Road. And guys, I'm super, super stoked about this. Not only because I just love cryptids and I love dogs and all of that and where, where, where. But today we are literally going back to the classic animals. So there's no cursed zombie priest hyena, nor is there like a power-hungry shape-shifting fox girl who's trying to control the government. Mm -mm. This is a full-on good old-fashioned monster. So, like, guys, listen, don't get me wrong. Like, I'd l I love delving into the other kind of, like, the shapeshifters and the spirity things and all of that jazz. I really do. I love it. But sometimes it's just, it's nice to go back to the classics, you know? <laughs> and a common monster animal cryptid is a classic in my eyes. Okay, so without further ado, okay, listen, I just have to inform you Oaks first before we get into the deep and dirty with the Beast of Railroad. This guy has numerous sightings. Like, I mean, s there are so many accounts of this cryptid. So um, we're just going to dive right in because I'm going to tell you about some of the most um, like prolific uh, sightings of the cryptid and there's quite a few of those so hang on to your pants because we're going to be here for a while so if you need to pause the potty go make a cup of tea or coffee if you like me or something stronger if you need that who knows i don't know <laughs> but yeah strap in guys okay so before we get into the sightings of the beastie let's discuss what it looks like so obviously um a, a, like sightings and accounts of the creature do vary from person to person but there are a couple of um, like just distinguishable traits amongst all of them so apparently the beast is always between five feet to seven feet tall and that that's when it's standing bipedally on two legs when it's on all fours um, it's reported of being between two to five feet tall. So from the paw to the shoulder. The fur, um, okay, the fur, accounts of the fur always kind of vary. 
And this is why I do think it is a pack. So it's the beasts of Bray Road, not the singular beast. However, so the fur varies, but it does have a common kind of thing, a common theme of being either grayish black or grayish brown or brownish black. You know, it's brown, gray, and black. Those are your color palettes for the beast of Bray Road. Another notable fact about its hair is that it is incredibly hairy. Um, so the ears of the beast are always pointed and triangular. They are not rounded like a bear. And this is an important fact that we will get into in the year of 2006. The paws on the front legs look more like elongated hands. So they actually don't look like paws at all. They look as though if you were to describe paws, they would look like paws that are being stretched out. And then it's got like these three digits. It doesn't have four digits. It's got three digits that kind of just stretch out from these stretched paws. And there's no mention of opposable thumbs. <laughs> that was my question. Obviously, you know, Abby will go for, does it have opposable thumbs? As opposed to saying, you know, what is this six foot foot hulking dog creature doing <laughs> okay so like i mentioned it's got three long digits on its paws let's just call them fingers guys because it's a hand <laughs> now the weight um that people have estimated this thing to be around because i don't know people oh wow look at me go i've written eight thousand pounds <laughs> no so apparently people can on sighting they can estimate a weight of a creature and um, the going weight for the Beast of Bray Road is between 600 to 800 pounds. 800, not 8,000, like I wrote. So if you're a South African like me, that is between 272 to 362 kilograms, which is a freaking huge creature. The eyes always glow yellow or an amber color. Well, they don't necessarily always glow, but they are always yellow or amber in color. Um, its face has the muzzle of a dog, um, and it can either be bipedal or quadrupedal. So like I mentioned, um, it's always six feet over, like not six feet tall, sorry. It's between five to seven feet on two legs and between two to five feet on all fours. This is because this thing can choose to run either bipedally or quadrupedally. So <laughs> isn't that scary? Um, so this is really important, and I love this fact about the Beast of Ray Road. To this date, no attacks on humans have ever been recorded. It's never hurt a person. Um, the encounters with the beast are usually benign, albeit like freaky as all hell. However, it can be aggressive. So it is known to be aggressive, but we shall get to that. So just hang on to your books because we're getting there. Um, so there is, okay, I'd made another note here. What the hell am I trying to tell myself? Oh, okay. So even though the creature does mock charge people, so it has been known to kind of like mock charge or kind of just full on charge you, um, it's, it's noted that the creature generally runs back into the forest to get away from onlookers as opposed to aggressing them. So another interesting thing about the Beast of Bray Road is that it um, has been witnessed on several occasions using its hands to eat roadkill. So kind of like the grip and rip technique. So it picks it up, grabs it and bites and eats. Shame, that's kind of cute though. <laughs> but anyways, okay. So now we've got the description and the common traits of the beast out of the way. Let's get on to the timeline of the Beast of Bray Road. 
So the first time the beast was ever, ever, ever seen by anybody was in 1936. However, the stories of the beast really kind of just took wind in the 80s and 90s. And this has been attributed to the boom of the internet during that time. So now it's called the Beast of Bray Road because this is where it was first seen in the 90s or in the 80s. On Bray Road in Alcorn, Wisconsin. Now, this name was coined by journalist Linda S. Godfrey. Now, this woman is literally my cup of tea. She's just so cool. So, she actually wrote the book called The Beast of Bray Road, Tailing Wisconsin's Werewolf. And this is where I picked up on a few of today's factuals about the beastie. But listen, guys, I can sing this lady's praises for days because... She's just light-hearted in her style of writing, get respectful to the encounters and all of that kind of thing. And if you're looking for a good read, definitely pick up this book on Amazon Kindle. Um, I dig her. I like the book. It was cool. Um, I'm totally not sponsored by, <laughs> by Miss Godfrey, but I do think that I should be. But yeah, just so a bit of background on her and why you should read her book is because she was initially a cartoonist and columnist for a local paper called the Woolworth County Week. And when the story of the beast started surfacing and going boss in the 90s, her boss told her to go and pursue it, you know. So he was just like, okay, Linda, there you go. And pursue it she did. However, this episode is about the beast of Bray Road, not the Linda of Bray Road. So let me get back to back to things shall I so the first encounter takes place in 1936 at St. Coletta's I think I'm saying that right <laughs> okay so now I know I've just sung the praises of Linda S. Godfrey however I got the first encounter from another book about monsters and I picked this up from Milwaukee Ghosts and Legends by Anna Lardinoa Mm, sorry, Anna. Lardy Noise. I think it's Lardy Noir because her surname is spelled L-A-R-D-I-N-O-I-S. So, yeah, guys, all I can say is Milwaukee, you guys have some serious creatures going on, don't you? <laughs> but anyways, we are officially at the first encounter of the beast. Late one evening, a nighttime security guard at St. Coletta's, a home for the developmentally disabled, was going about his rounds. It was well after midnight when he came across a bizarre sight. There seemed to be a dog-like creature that was frustratedly clawing at the ground. The guard made his way closer, but that's when things got a little bit too much for him to handle, and I do not blame him, and you won't either. Suddenly, the beast rose onto its two hind legs, standing over six feet tall. The guard said the animal was covered in dark, matted hair, which stank of putrid flesh. The creature held the man's gaze, staring deep into his eyes until it let out a deep, unearthly growl. And that's a direct quote. The guard was terrified, and rightfully so, because who wouldn't be first off? Hello? I would. He quietly crept away, all the while fearing the creature's... Fearing? No, probably fearing, more than likely fearing, but feeling the creature's eyes burning through him. He merely prayed to get away from, the, from there unharmed. And he did. Because, like I said to this date, a no-kill record against humans. 
So now in 1970, we so yeah, that's the first sighting. It's quite like a lapse in time between the first and the next few sightings of this thing. But maybe people saw it and they didn't want to talk about it or they were embarrassed or they had social stature to take into account and they didn't want to ruin their name or I don't know. But anyways, the next next sighting is in the 70s in Washington County, Wisconsin. A group of teenagers were out and about on a camping trip, as one does. Now, guys, this literally sounds like, <laughs> to me, a scene out of that 70s show. And that was my absolute favorite show. I loved, absolutely loved that series. But now, recently, this whole situation with Danny Masterson and, you know, the story about him raping three people is just, it makes me so sad. Like, what a bastard, a rat-faced bastard. Damn you, Hyde. But anyways, this also, once again, it's not about Danny Masterson. Let's get back to the, the 70s camping teenagers who real teenagers. Um, so now this, guys, I need to just give a pre-warning for this. Uh, they don't actually see the creature, so it could have well been anything. However, it links, I don't know, it just sounds like the, the doggo to me. So... Um, by 10 p.m., all the wildlife surrounding their campsite had suddenly gone quiet and they heard something large approaching. They reported to hear it breathing, snarling and huffing. So in their words, the bees began to let out a blood-curdling set of growls. However, as the thing drew nearer, snapping branches and doing all the monster things, because I don't know, like if you're a monster, apparently you've got to snap all the twigs. They decided to nope the fuck out of there and get... Nope, didn't get nowhere. They hopped in their cars and they left. Um, so they stated that they believed the creature was actually chasing them out of its territory. So it was territorial. Interesting. Next, we head over to 1973 and Flint, Michigan. Time is 11.30 p.m. A teenager and his uncle were driving and they saw what they first believed to be a really big dog. I don't know how big a dog they've ever seen, but it must be a huge dog. As they drew closer, they noticed it was pawing at something on the ground. However, they very quickly realized that this was no doggo because the thing rose on two legs. So it stood up like a person. From its crouched position, it stood up on, <laughs> on its two legs. Just think about how crazy, like what do you even think? You think you're looking at a dog. Next thing it's bipedal and hairy and you're just like, what? Anyways, so um, the pair slowed down to get a better look. But I bet the teen wished that they didn't because his description sounds very, very ungodly. So he described the creature as a man covered in short black fur, clearly well-muscled, with the head of an Alsatian or a wolf. Its eyes were a yellow-orange color. It had a well-muscled abdomen, um, a well-muscled abdomen and thighs. So clearly this beastie hits the gym hard. And it was definitely male now, if you if you get what I'm saying here, for those of y'all who can't pick up what I'm putting down, apparently the creature had a really enormous schlong. <laughs> it's infinite lightly. Now, as they approached it, the creature leapt across the road in one stride. Now, they drove back to the yard because apparently they were in a borrowed pickup truck and they were dropping it off at 11.30 at night. Dodgy, but yeah, anyway, so... 
Once they'd collected their own car, they decided to then head back down the same damn road. Why? I don't know. People are just daft. And um, when they reached the point of the original sighting, the uncle grabbed his gun to investigate. However, he made the teenagers stay in the car. He was like, you stay there, buddy. However, it was all for naught because they didn't see the creature again. However, they did see a freshly killed deer with its gut strewn across the road. Mm-mm. <laughs> Next, we head over to 1989 and we are now on Bowers Road, Wisconsin. Bowers? Bowers Road? I don't know. Anyways. This sighting comes from one little whippersnapper called Heather Bowie. So Heather Bowie saw the beast of Bray Road walking bipedally across the road. She was only 11 at the time. Now she was outside playing with her mother and the pair spotted a large dog. I don't know who's ever seen a bipedal large dog. But anyways, they saw this large dog. But again, oh never mind, it wasn't standing. So again, it stood up on two legs. She said that the dog's back legs looked funny and that it was incredibly fast. Still in 1989, we are back on Bray Road, so the original sighting of this place. An aptly named Scott Bray, <laughs> who was a dairy farmer in the area, reported a strange-looking dog-like creature in his meadow. In his words, the beast had pointy ears, a hairy tail with long grayish-black fur. It was larger and taller than a German shepherd. Okay, guys, before I get into the next sighting, this is just something that I need to point out. I didn't mention it in the um, the looks-wise column, and I'm sorry that I didn't. But a lot of people compare this thing to an Alsatian or a German Shepherd. So, yeah, a lot of accounts of this thing describe its head as looking like a German Shepherd. Maybe that's because an Alsatian looks the most like a wolf. I don't know. I personally think a Husky looks a lot like a wolf. But I guess the German Shepherd's got the longer muzzle situation going on. But yeah, a lot of um, comparisons are made between a German Shepherd and the Beast of Bray Road. Now, still in 1989, around a similar time, a local named Russell Guest witnessed the Beast of Bray Road appear from, the thicket, um, from a thicket on the side of the road on two legs. So in terror, like any normal person would do, he began to run away. Because I would damn sure run away. Um, in his running, he dared a glance behind him, but noticed that the thing was now on all fours. And thank God it wasn't chasing him. So it actually turned around and took off in the opposite direction to him. So he described the creature as being five foot tall on two legs, and it was covered in blackish gray fur. Okay, now we head over to the 90s to March. I wasn't even born yet. Oh, how cute. So, noch a dairy farmer, and for all non-South Africans, that means another dairy farmer, whose name is Mike Eaton, saw a large, dark-haired creature near Hospital Road at 2 a.m. He described the creature as sitting like a raccoon and eating something that it was holding in its hands. Now, obviously, I don't have raccoons where I'm from, so I had to look at what a raccoon looks like when it's sitting, and it's so freaking damn cute! But anyway, so just a really bigger, hairier version <laughs> of a raccoon sitting, eating something. Now, the creature apparently looked at him with a thick, wide head and a short snout. It had thick, grayish black fur and muscular legs. So, legs for days, apparently. So yeah, this recollection of the beast describes its, its snout as being shorter, which is interesting. 
Next, we head over to February 1992, when little Abby was just two years old running around. No, I wasn't. I was still one. It wasn't my birthday yet. Anyways, the time is 10.30pm and we are on Highway H. Now, the other dairy farmer from the 1989 account, remember the brave farmer? Now, his wife saw a large animal run across the road in front of her. In her account, the beastie had brownish black fur, so not grey black, brown black now, as well as shiny yellow eyes. It pointed, oh, didn't point at her, that would be freaky as hell with its one of its three digits on its hand. <laughs> but no, it had pointed ears and a broad chest. Next, we head over to Holy Hills in 1996. So the first, this is the first, sorry, um, and if I'm not mistaken, only time the beast um, was sighted in a pair. So there were two of them. And it was actually spotted by another pair of humans. So the two people witnessed two beasts running across the road at about 2 a.m. In the pair's words, the creatures were hairy, tall, and quick. There's a lot of early morning sightings going on. So now, 1999, Bray Road. We're back at Bray Road. We get the encounter of Lorraine Andreezy. Now, she was driving through Bray Road when she happened to see the beast on the passenger side of her car. So... Um, as far as I could tell, she probably got one of the better descriptions of the creature. And she stated that it had grayish brown hair, fangs and pointed ears. No one's mentioned its teeth yet. Its face was long and snouty like a wolf. <laughs> snouty like a wolf. His eyes were glowing yellow, even though they, were, uh, they weren't reflecting the beams of her headlights. And that for me is very interesting because as far as I understand, predators' eyes do always reflect a glare. But anyways, the chest of the animal was wide with arms that were strangely human and jointed like a man's would be. So, so let me read that again because I feel like that was a travesty. The chest of the animal was wide while the arms were strangely human. They were jointed like a man's arms would be, with human-like hands and that ended in claws. Okay. So she also noted that the beast was holding something like a person would, so the palms were facing towards it. Now the legs were bent as a person's would be, not like a dog's which bends backwards, the legs were bent forwards like a people, like a people, like a person. <laughs> um... And she said that they were bent like a person's would be if a person was kneeling down. Now, in a direct quote from her, it was so human-like, it was scary. Damn straight, sister. So, still in 99, back on Bray Road, we get an account from one Dorostein Gibson. What a name. <laughs> but anyways, this doll was driving along the road when she thought she had hit something. So she felt like her car hit something. So she got out to see what she could have hit. But to her horror, <laughs> and I say that with the greatest love because it would have been to my damn horror. She saw a large creature on two legs running towards her. Now without hesitation, she quickly scrambled back into her car. But as she was about to drive off, the thing jumped onto the trunk of her car. However, the odds were in her favor because that day it was a particularly wet evening. So obviously the creature couldn't get a grip and it slid off. So what I'm kind of imagining is like a Dukes of Hazard slide across the car, but too far. <laughs> I 
Sorry, Beastie. So, in all honesty, she didn't actually get a good look at the Beast because, you know, who has the time to take in all the minor details of a large hairy beast running bipedally towards you? Yeah, no one. <laughs> but she did, however, describe the creature as being large and muscular, like a man that continuously lifts weights. Interesting. So apparently there's a Beast of Bray Road gym that they're all part of. Now we get into the noughties and specifically we are in October 2004. In this story we've got a nurse, her 14-year-old daughter and her daughter's friend. So the trio saw the Beast of Bray Road at 8.30pm on October 30th. Like literally they couldn't have waited one more day. So they it's like a pre-Halloween surprise. I bet. <laughs> I bet every time a trick or treater came dressed like a werewolf, they shat their pants. <laughs> I know I would have. Anyways. So um the beast when they saw it, they were driving down the road. When they saw it, it was roughly nine feet in front of their car and it was illuminated in the headlights. Now the trio had actually been looking for the beast. So they were driving up and down the road that night and the whole sole purpose and reason for this was to spook the daughter's friend. Bit of weird parenting there, but anyways. Be careful what you wish for, ladies, because there you go, have it. The beast was like, what's up? <laughs> so apparently this thing just stepped forth from the cornrows that were surrounding the road because as far as I understand, there's like a line of cornrows down Bray Road and this guy just like stepped by Pildi out of them and cast them an aggressive glance. Now the nurse said it had powerful muscular thighs. All of these ladies noticed the freaking muscular thighs. <laughs> the next part is interesting. So she described the legs as being dog shaped. So they bent backwards like a dog's would. And that's interesting because all other accounts describe the legs as being human-like. So facing forward, the knees facing forward. But anyways, whatever. Maybe she was confused. She did just see a giant dog person. Um, it was covered in black fur with silvery tips. Its head was oversized with an elongated muzzle. It was generally muscular and stood about seven feet tall. She said there was no way it could have been a person in a suit. It stood staring at them aggressively with its ears pushed flat against its head and its arms bent at its sides. She said, "These are this is a direct quote from the nurse, this wasn't a dog or a wolf. It had canine features, but it was something else, something other. It was canid. There was this feeling we were not safe and we didn't get a picture, although we had cameras all over the car. Video, digital, disposable. We were prepared. But when we saw it, we all just screamed in unison and then I floored it. Good on you, nurse. I would have done the same. <laughs> I think everyone says, you know, oh, I'm going to get a picture. I'm going to get a picture. But in that moment, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Anyhow, next we head over to November 2004. This story comes to us from a paint contractor who was driving down Highway 60 when he saw the beast step out of the, your, my spelling, I was typing fast because I've got buskers. Should be bushes. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So he estimated that the creature was about 100 to 150 feet away from him. And it took five seconds as it crossed the highway. So it ran across. He said the creature looked at him the whole time it was running. So all five seconds it was like locked in a stair gaze with him. This creature ran quadrupedally and stood about the same height as a deer. It had long tufts of fur growing from its chest and legs. It had a short snout and pointed ears. So some of them have long faces, some of them have short snouts. I don't know. So he guessed the creature weighed in at about 150 to 200 pounds. The animal looked as though it was lumbering from side to side. So he reported that the, the legs looked kind of bearish, like a bear's legs, and that it lumbered uncomfortably as it ran. Um, the fur was dark brown and he described it as being the biggest animal he'd ever seen. Good on you, paint contractor. Okay, next we come to 2006 to one of possibly the most infamous popular tales of the beast. So, like I just said, <laughs> this is probably one of the most noted tales of the beast of Bray Road. This happened to a man named Steve Kruger. Steve had been contracted to clear roadkill from the surrounding highways of the area and was driving down on the 9th of November at 1.30 a.m. When he stopped, no, he didn't stop yet, he spotted a freshly killed deer. He pulled over to load the little guy into his truck. Now, as he pulled, hey, what was that? As he pulled, <laughs> as he pulled the deer onto his truck, he loaded it up on the back, but he left the tailgate down of his truck. He then went into the cab and started making notes, I guess. That's what you got to do. Say you found this animal at this time, at this section of the highway. Anyways, suddenly he felt the truck shake. He paid little attention to this and wrote it off as the wind. However, the truck shook once more, but far more violently this time round. He then looked into his rear view mirror and saw the beast pulling the carcass off of his truck. What do you do? <laughs> if I looked in my rear view mirror and I saw a freaking werewolf looking thing pulling a deer off, Standing by Peterly, pulling something off my truck. I don't, I really, uh, mm, no words. So naturally he was frozen, but quickly snapped into action and sped off. However, there was one little hitch because he realized that the beast had actually pulled off not only the carcass, but the ramp that he used to lift heavier animals into the truck. This he needed. He needed this to do his job. So, begrudgingly, he turned back to get um, to go back to the site and get it. However, when he got back, the ramp and the deer and the beastie were all gone. So, he continued on his route until about 4 a.m., where he was struck with a moral conscious kind of thing. <laughs> that was very anticlimactic. Anyways, this is when he felt compelled to tell the local sheriff. Even though he was scared of his reputation, he felt a need to alert authorities due to this thing's sheer size. He didn't want it to hurt anyone. He said it stared, um, no, he said he had stared at it for about five seconds before he decided to pull off. It had pointy triangular ears. It looked um, to him, they looked like dog ears standing up on its head. That was the main feature that made him realize that it was not a bear. It had a longer muzzle. Longer than a black bear's muzzle. No. 
Let me try that again. It had a longer muzzle, longer than a black bear's would be, and its head was more wolf-shaped than bear-shaped. It almost looked like a very large black bear standing on its feet if you took a wolf's head, enlarged it, and set it on a wolf's body. Wolf is a really hard word to say sometimes. I sound like I'm saying woof, not wolf. Anyways, he assumed the creature stood between six to seven feet tall, but he only saw the creature's chest and head. The fur was roughly two inches long and it was black and fairly smooth. To this day, Kruger swears that he knew this wasn't a Bigfoot. I'm glad he put that in there. <laughs> okay, so just so you guys know, 2006 has a lot, a lot, a lot of encounters. Actually, all of the rest of our encounters will be from 2006. So next, we have two co-workers who were traveling in convoy who saw a large canine creature run across the road ahead of him. This time, the creature was using both back legs and one front leg, so it looked as though it was hurt. It was shaggy and matted with a lean body. Again, in 2006, two men were on Shalom Drive at roughly 8.30 p.m. They witnessed a creature the size of a deer crossing the road in front of them. It was muscular, furry, and had the head of a wolf. It was definitely too lean to be a bear. However, it was far too large to be, I wrote, a bear. Again. <laughs> so it's too lean to be a bear, but far too large to be a bear. No, it's far too large to be a wolf. It showed no fear of the humans um, and just kind of shantied across the road as one does. Now we go to Merton, Wisconsin. This is interesting because this... Um, account actually happened in broad daylight in the middle of the day. So two boys spotted a hairy monster by their backyard. At first they thought it was a wolf or a dog, but as they drew closer they noticed it was far too big to be either. They noticed it had shaggy black hair. One of the boys stated, as it turned to look at me, it had the most hideous triangle looking face I had ever seen. It was larger than a German shepherd, but it definitely had a lower center of gravity. Now the pair were about 30 feet away from the creature. They noted that its tail was long, large and bushy. The ears were small and triangular. The boys recalled the eyes looking straight through them and one of them said that he felt a chill go straight through his spine. In the boys' words, I'd never seen such evil looking, I don't know what the hell he said here, I've got you. I've never seen such evil looking scared. What was I trying to say? Anyways, I cannot say it was snarling. The teeth were very, very plentiful and visible. That's the key. The teeth. That was what was so astonishing and noteworthy to me. There were just so many teeth. Okay, next we go to Powers Lake, Kenosha. So an airport employee of the area saw the beast three times at this point already. So he always saw it along the same stretch of highway. And on his different encounters, he saw it once where it was crouching in a ditch and then suddenly rose as a human would do on two legs with its arms hanging at its side. He has seen it both bipedally and on all fours. He guessed it to be roughly about five feet long when it's on all fours with... Um, with its back at least three feet from the ground. It has yellow glowing eyes, and it does not show one bit of fear when they see each other. Ain't that lovely? 
So now I'm sure there's a lot more encounters of the beastie of Bray Road, but, you know, more recent ones. But what more do you need from me, people? I gave you a good few there. I can't even count how many, but a good few. Hmm. Anyways, so now we get to the interesting part of what the beastie is. Okay, so there's actually a few kind of theories and hypotheses that people have put out about what this kind of thing could be. And I'm going to tell you why they're all wrong, <laughs> as I do. It's also interesting to note because a lot of people say maybe it's an overgrown wolf or maybe it's just a wolf and people are kind of like hyped on the or in love or romanticized with the whole notion of the Beast of Bray Road. But it's interesting to note that farmers, cattle farmers, hunted the wolves in the area of Wisconsin to um, extermination by the 60s. So yeah, it stands maybe the oak in the 30s saw a wolf, but everyone after the 60s, no, 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 it's not a wolf, guys. Anyways, the first thing that people think this thing could be is a werewolf. So... This is where lycanthropy comes into play. I love that word, lycanthropy. But anyways, no. So it's never been seen transforming, but not many werewolves have. I mean, I've never seen a werewolf transform. So who am I to say? <laughs> so clearly that's not the biggest giveaway. For me, why this thing isn't a werewolf is because it's afraid of people. And werewolves always attack people. Werewolves bite you. And this thing has never hurt a person. So um, often this thing only mock charges. Like it, you know, gets rid of you. But it's never been known to attack a person. So no, 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 it's not a werewolf. At least as we know them to be. I mean, maybe we've got it all wrong. And our theories of werewolves are all completely ass about face. And they actually do run away from you and don't bite you. <laughs> Who knows? The next thing that it's rumored to be is a Wendigo. And a Wendigo, for those of you all that don't know, is also a bipedal thing. I don't know. I call it a thing because I don't know if a Wendigo is a cryptid or a spirit. I know it's kind of like a bit of both. But anyways, guys, a Wendigo has antlers. Like, come on, dinguses. Everybody knows that. Like, get your cryptids right. Gosh. <laughs> the next theory is that it's an alien just no no uh, another theory is that it could be you know the dog man of michigan could be like his cousin or just another dog man maybe i'm on the fence with that one the next theory we've got over here is a skinwalker so for those of you who don't know a skinwalker is actually really really interesting because they are Basically, I want to say there's kind of like two accounts of the, the skinwalker. There's the Western account, and then there's the real one from the Navajo people. But for anyone who doesn't know, the skinwalker is a Navajo myth about witches who can shapeshift into animals. So it just kind of made me think of the Buddha that I did two weeks ago. However, not much is actually known about the Navajo skinwalker myths, like the legit ones, because people the Navajo people tend to not share these myths with outsiders. Okay, a very popular theory. Well, popular in my head. 
is hypertrichosis. So for those of you who don't know, this is literally also known as the werewolf syndrome. So um, hypertrichosis basically is when your whole body, your face included, everything, hands, your knuckles, your feet, your body, um, is just covered in hair. And generally it's like thick black hair. Um, if you have never seen this, where have you been? But yeah, if you've never seen this, Google someone with hypertrichosis and you can take a look. So I get this, okay, because it explains the human side of things plus the, the thick coat. However, unless there is a family of giant people who all suffer from hypertrichosis living in the woods, it's not this. <laughs> I stand by that. And also, like I said, I, I believe that the Beast of Bray Road is actually a pack. So I don't think there's like a bunch, a colony of hypertrichosis sufferers living in the woods. Now, another possibility is this could be a maniac in a wolf skin. <laughs> One crazy who passes on his crazy legacy to his crazy child and then so on and so forth. So becomes the Beast of Bray Road. Because I actually I was listening to another podcast about the Beast of Bray Road. And they mentioned that, you know, like obviously there's cosplayers out there who are just mad in their skills. With like, you know, the looks that they create and everything like that. So, you know, they get kind of cosplay down to a T. Um, and that was very interesting for me. But like that one woman said in her account, this could not be a person in a suit. And also, furthermore, if it was a person in a suit, they would have impeccable timing to show up when they did for all of these kind of accounts with the beast. Now, another popular theory is that it was an occult kind of situation going on. And this theory was rife in the 90s, particularly 91, because apparently in 1990, there was a bunch of dicks running around sacrificing animals. And that just makes me so mad, so mad. Um, I did read about how they found the bodies of the animals, but I'm not going to tell you because it's just rough. It's not rough. I mean, it's just sad. I hate that. I hate animal sacrifices. I don't like it. There's no need for an animal to die for your stupid sacrifice. Anyways, all of the animals' bodies were dumped um, near Bray Road. And one of the interesting things, the points that, you know, were put across is that none of them died accidentally or naturally. You could see that none of the animals died accidentally. Ah, oh, fuck. I'm going to tell you. So all of the animals were either they found that their legs were tied together, uh, their throats were slit, they were decapitated. Um, some of the animals had their hearts removed. Yeah, but anyways, a bunch of assholes in the 90s doing their stupid culture. Anyways, <laughs> before I slander the occult anymore, let's move on. So all I can say about all of the above theories is nope, nope, nobody, nope. So... What does Abby think the beastie is? Yay! Um, <clears throat> wait, I'm gonna... Okay, no, actually, I'm carrying on with this occult thing because this has made me angry now. Because, okay, guys, if you know me, you will know that something that I cannot tolerate is people who are mean to innocence. I can't, I can't, I can't. So people who mean to children, uh, there's a special place in hell for you. And people who are mean to animals and hurt animals, there's an extra special place in hell for you. Like, hard out. But anyways, 
apparently, you know, like the occult is very secretive with all of their doings and what they do and stuff. So all of these stupid kids who are running around claiming to be from the occult or part of, you know, an occult, they're not. They're just kids being teenagers, being assholes, doing sacrifices because they think that's what an occult kind of tradition is. Look, I'm not part of the occult, so I don't know personally. But I'm just saying, as far as I understand, may f- often these sacrifices are not needed and they're just stupid. And they're just a dumb bunch of teenagers. Okay, but anyways, now now we get to what does Abby think the beastie is. Rent over. So, Abby thinks that this is another real cryptid. Like it's a legit, legit, legit cryptid. And I'm so excited about that. So personally, for me, guys, there are just far too many freaking sightings. Another thing with the occult. Sorry, I thought I was done. (laughs) But the occult theory doesn't describe the giant seven feet tall bipedal wolf dog. Hello. Anyways. Okay, done. So, so, so. There are just too many sightings for me to, you know... Not believe that this is actually something. So yes, um, a theory that has been put forward is that this was just mass hysteria by everyone being like, "Ooh, the Beast of Bray Road. Ooh, I saw it, I saw it, I saw it. But personally, I don't think that it is that. So let's weigh up everything. First off, as far as I could understand and what I took from all of the accounts that I read about and heard about and watched on YouTube is that this thing is incredibly sentient. So it's sentient, yet still animalistic. So for those of you guys who don't know, sentience is um, being able to process thoughts. Like, not process thoughts, like basically, um, yes, I've hit a blank now. I understand perfectly what sentience is. <laughs> but do I? <laughs> but yeah, it's it's the possibility to construct a thought feel emotions and basically have a conscious I think you know let me just kind of go with it and stop while I'm ahead um another thing is it protects its food and its territory yet it also knows like when to run when it's in danger so that's very animalistic kind of situation so yet it also knows how to be aggressive and kind of like threatening when it stares people like it looks at you very hyenerish <laughs> I don't dig that um, I definitely, I have said this a couple of times, but I do believe that we're looking at a pack of Bray Road beasts, not a singular beast. And it kind of reminds me with all of their different colors. It reminds me of Jacob's wolf pack in Twilight. So yeah, definitely I am a definite Twihard. <laughs> That's me. Um, but yeah, so another reason, uh, not, not another reason, another question that I had is... Why does this thing scavenge? Because, like, look, it's huge. It's fast. It could take down a deer in probably, like, zero to no seconds. It's huge. Why would it need to scavenge? But then I was like, who would turn away free food? (laughs) Come on, guys. If it's there, you're going to take it. It's easy pickings. It doesn't have to exert any of its energy. It's just there, you know. Um, And... Listen, some animals are just natural scavengers, like the bloody hyena that I, I'm so fond of. <laughs> um, so yeah, what I think it is definitely is a new, not yet discovered animal. So full-on animal, no tricks, none. And yeah. 
So yeah, we're looking at a bipedal humanoid dog thing. That's freaking exciting, don't you think? But anyways, guys, um, catch up with me in the week if you can. You know, if you're not, still catch up with me. Just do it. <laughs> so you can get a hold of me on Instagram, which is meet underscore my underscore monsters. You can send me a Twitter, which is meet monsters. Uh, you can send me a Gmail, which is meetmymonsterspoddy at gmail.com. That's P-O-D-D-Y. Or you can go to my website, which is meetmymonsters.com. And that's me for this week. And that's a wrap. And bye! <laughs>